You are listening to Your Community Spirit. This is Ord Energy Mon. to your community spirit this is orda energy mon and this is tree song hey um, it has been raining non-stop and i posted this morning about feeling guilty for drying my clothes in the dryer because <laughs> mm-hmm. it's been raining so much yeah <laughs> <laughs> um but at the same time July makes 15 record hot months in a row. July marked an unprecedented 15 straight record hot month according to data released Wednesday by the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Agency, whose records go back just till 1880. Mm -hmm. NOAA's temperature data also confirmed that July was not only the record warmest July ever, but the hottest month ever on record. Now, what do we do, Song, when every month is the hottest one on record? Yeah, I mean, it's getting to the point where it's almost not news anymore, except it, it affects so many lives that it becomes news. Yep. <laughs> we can pretty much expect around July can have the hottest month in human history every year. <laughs> well, I mean, 15 record straight hot months in a row, so... Yeah. The record. Okay, I exaggerate slightly. In human history, you know, at least since we've recorded. <laughs> Just like. Probably in human history. Yeah. The record high July maintains 2016 position, of course, as the hottest year to date by far and makes it more likely that it will stay that way through the year's end. It also shows how much global temperatures have risen over the last century. Now, I wonder how many of our listeners are just, you know, completely tuning out now. Because this has been something we've said every month for, well, months. Because this is yeah. 15 record hot months in a row. Yeah, month 15 of record heat. And I wish we could show these graphs through the radio because it's, <laughs> you look at the chart <laughs> and 20, you know, 2014, 2015, they're pretty high above the pre-industrial average. But then 2016, it just, just boom. It's, it's significantly more anomalous. So it keeps getting hotter and the hotness is hotter than it was, you know, like increasing levels of increase. By NASA's record reckoning, it was 1.27 degrees Fahrenheit. That's 0.84 degrees Celsius hotter than the 1951 to 1980 average. Now, different agencies, of course, use different baselines and different methods of handling the temperature data, which leads to, well, small variations in the monthly temperature numbers, although all are in agreement on the long-term trend in the warming and how intensely hot this year has been globally. So, 
efforts to curb global warming have been aimed at limiting the Earth's temperature to less than 2 degrees Celsius, or 3.6 degrees Fahrenheit, and we are halfway there. So, And, of course, what we've already done will affect what comes. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lie, I guess. It takes decades for the CO2 uh, to have a full impact on the atmosphere and the climate. So even if we stop all the machines right now, there will still be further warning, further consequences. So what do we do about it? I guess yeah. <laughs> that's the thing. I yeah, mean, that's the thing. I mean, we've got a couple ideas with the later news uh, news items, but really it's a, it's a matter of physics. If we keep putting the emissions out there, it'll keep warming. So whatever we can think of to reduce the emissions. Yeah, there you go. Right, As I get ready to drive all the way up to near Rockford for the Illinois Renewable Energy Association. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I wonder if at some point we will start uh, telecommuting to all the renewable and clean events, you know. Well, I mean, I have to speak at this event where, you know, thousands of people are coming, too. So, yeah, it's like... It's definitely, if you're going to spend fossil fuels, spending it to go to a uh, renewable energy fair is a pretty, pretty <laughs> important one. So, in a warming world, deluges like Louisiana's expected to increase. Well, not just Louisiana, but like yeah. us last weekend. Yeah, we've had such flooding here, too. I mean, Louisiana is on people's minds because it's coastal. But yeah. Well, and it was a m much more mass scale. I do know yeah. of two people in uh, southern Illinois who had their homes, you know, completely swept away. But in Louisiana, thousands of people are escaping their homes, and whole parishes are being overtaken by water. This comes in recent succession to similarly extreme and deadly storms across the country in Texas, Maryland, West Virginia, and South Carolina. These intense storms have become increasingly seemingly commonplace, raising questions about climate change's role. Of the two factors that made Louisiana's storm so devastating, one, increased moisture in the air, where's the fingerprints of man-made climate change from mostly fossil fuel burning? While the other, how slowly the storm was moving, is not so easily explained. Quote, This storm is a good example of why we care about a changing climate, said Catherine Hejo, a climate scientist at Texas Tech University because Louisiana is a place that is already at risk at flooding and climate change is taking the risk that we already face and exacerbating the threat, end quote. These storms have all happened as the planet is on track to have its warmest year on record. Of course, like we mentioned, July was the hottest month ever recorded. Quote, with such a warm year, we're going to see much higher than average sea temperature, sea surface temperatures, these temperatures, in this case the Gulf of Mexico, where the storm system formed on August 7th, mean the air above it has more than its usual share of, guess what? Water vapor. Then this slow-moving tropical low-pressure system came along, and there was virtually an unlimited supply of water vapor for the system. Yeah. So. Yeah, that's part of... Uh but people often overlook with climate change is it, it exacerbates what's already there. Some people will look at this and say, well, you know, Louisiana sometimes floods, but this 
higher amounts of water vapor in the air due to climate change exacerbates the storm and creates more flooding and creates, you know, more problems. So the, the result was a storm that uh, lashed the state for days, dumping more than 20 inches of water in 12 towns and triggering widespread flooding. At least 13 were killed, thousands fled their homes. Louisiana's capital, Baton Rouge, was among the worst hit communities. Last Friday, Governor John Bell Edwards had declared a state of emergency, and even the governor's mansion has been evacuated. Uh, President Barack Obama... He declared the event a disaster for four Louisiana parishes on Sunday night, and, of course, other parishes have since been added. Yeah. So... Federal scientists on Tuesday estimated that for a 48-hour period, I wonder if it was the same 48-hour period we got hit, which uh, was yeah, the weekend, right? The event yeah, had the I... intensity of what's expected for a so-called thousand-year storm, which has a likelihood of 0.1% in any given year. So I wonder what our event was, because we got... I mean, I know people whose rain gauges overflowed and they all hit 10 inches, you know. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, I haven't heard how many, you know, if this was a once every hundred year storm for us, once every thousand years. Um, it's, it's hard to uh, gauge that anymore because it's a shifting target now. So that, because we, we're starting to get these once every 500 year type storms uh, more often more often than 500 years. Right. I mean, once that happens, then the 500-year storm threshold goes up. Yeah. Yeah. So um, now we were talking what people can do to, you know, alleviate climate change. Native American protesters are disrupting work on an oil pipeline. A group of Native American protesters has halted work on a large oil pipeline in the U.S. state of North Carolina. Why did I say North Carolina? North Dakota. Completely a different state. Yeah, North Dakota. <laughs> it's just like, um, why are they doing this? Construction was set to begin this month on the Dakota Access Pipeline, which is similar in length to the contested Keystone XL Pipeline. Why are we talking about the Keystone XL pipeline? I thought that was stopped. Yeah, that was scrapped back in 2015. I think they bring it up because it makes for an analogy. You know, we had the common sense to stop the Keystone XL pipeline. So they just moved the pipeline somewhere else. <laughs> yeah, we're just going through a different one that's almost exactly as long. Now, developers have done something they have filed a lawsuit in federal court against the protesters seeking restraining orders and unspecified monetary damages. Sixteen members of the Standing Rock Sioux Tribe have been arrested. Between 200 and 400 people have gathered in total, some on horsebacks, other beating drums close to the Sioux Tribe's reservation. Yeah, and this was as of a couple of days ago, so I've heard it's gone higher, the number of people there. And then probably the number of people arrested, too. Now, the new pipeline will span across land dotted with sacred Native American sites between Cannonball and Heart Rivers. This $3.7 billion Dakota Access Pipeline, if completed, will cross the states of North Dakota, South Dakota, Iowa, and Illinois. 
So it will deliver an estimated half a million barrels of crude oil a day, stretching across 1,172 miles. Yep. So here's a quote from uh, John Eagle Sr. Quote, it's a historic place of commerce where enemy tribes camped peacefully within sight of each other, said John Eagle Sr. in an interview with Indian Country Today. In the area are sacred stones where our ancestors went to pray for good direction, strength, and protection for the coming year. The stones are still there, and our people still go there today, end quote. So, they seem like they have a reason to not want, you know, something that could completely damage their sacred site going through it but it's kind of interesting that the developers are filing a lawsuit against them to restrain them and ask for money right yeah that's far i mean it's probably even on their part a money making scheme because they know that the demonstrators are going to demonstrate so if they can manage to win a lawsuit against them they just get more profit for their company (laughs) at the expense of the uh, the indigenous. I wonder if part of why they were going through with this one instead of the Keystone one is because they thought that they could get away with cutting across a bunch of native lands without any resistance. But if that's what they thought, apparently they're wrong. Well, I mean, they try to go through, you know, the areas that have the least amount of people and the least amount of resistance, right? Yeah. So, yep. Yeah, we'll keep an eye out for more updates on that. That is, in addition to protecting their own lands and their own waters, um, it protects people downstream and reduces overall fossil fuel emissions. And when you're saying downstream, you're talking about us here in Illinois because this pipeline's supposed to cross through Illinois also. Yeah. In the world's largest wind farm has been approved in the U.K.? The U.K. government on Tuesday approved phase two of the world's largest wind farm, adding 300 turbines to a project 55 miles off of England's shore in the North Sea. Now we're talking 1.8 gigawatts. (laughs) I love saying gigawatts. I don't know why. Gigawatts. Yeah. So the first phase had 1.2 gigawatts. Phase 2 will provide 1.8 gigawatts in all. 3 gigawatts provided by the Horn Sea Project is enough to power 2.5 million U.S. households. Now, I wonder how many U.K. households that is, because we know <laughs> yeah, that they use about 5 million UK <laughs> a lot less energy than the U.S. But Yeah. Now, this sounds really exciting to me, but let's poke a little... In um, needle into the balloon at that size, the combined project is roughly equivalent to only one nuclear power plant. So, yeah, renewable energy it takes a lot, it's not very energy dense. But the nice thing is, is once it's built, there's very little cost to keep it going, and then of course, there's no environmental badness. Yeah, yeah. Offshore wind is on course to meet 10% of the UK's electricity demand, said Hubden Rogian, Director of Energy, Minerals and Infrastructure at the Crown Estate, the government's asset management firm. 
Major developments of Hornsea Project 2 scale will pave the way for continued growth alongside driving down costs, creating high-value jobs, and supporting the UK's transition to a low-carbon energy supply. So, Pretty exciting news. Yeah, and I mean, if this goes well, they're planning a third project, which will provide four gigawatts, you know? Um, the UK already gets 25% of its energy from renewable energy resources this year right now. So, I haven't looked yeah. at the Energy Information Administration's data recently for the U.S., but I do remember when it became a really big deal that we hit 11% um, renewables for the U.S. Mm-hmm. But Yeah, and here's our last news story here is about that, how that's part of a global trend. Renewables soar by 70% in world's 20 major economies. The percentage of electricity generated by renewables in the world's largest economies has soared by 70% over the last five years, according to a new research. Data compiled by the Bloomberg New Energy Finance Research Group for Financial Times reveals that a shift away from fossil fuels is starting to take hold in some regions. G20 countries collectively produced 8% of their electricity from solar, wind, and other renewables in 2015. That's up from 4.6% in 2010. So in those five years, they uh, they almost doubled. That's why it's a 70% increase. And the interesting to me thing to me is Germany tops the list of seven G20 members who generate more than 10% of their electricity, with the country producing more than a third of its electricity from renewables. And why does that surprise me? Germany has... Well, they're a very small country, and they have next to no access to sun, and the majority yeah. of that is renewable energy. They have very little access to renewable energy, and yet a third of their electricity comes from renewable energy. Yeah. I mean, it's apparently just a, a matter of political will. They decided they wanted to go renewable, and even though their country doesn't have a ton of solar opportunity, they went for it anyway, and they're making a difference. Just think if we mobilized like that in the U.S. and decided we all wanted solar and wind. And right now, um, there is a training conference, the 10th anniversary of The Inconvenient Truth. Oh, yeah. And they're training um, 400 more. um, Al Gore is training 400 more cavalry in Texas right now at Mm. the climate reality projects training and i i in the past have got the pleasure to be uh well to be trained and then to be a mentor a couple times and i was just too busy this year to apply to be a mentor and it's um i'm seeing all the pictures of all my friends who have um been mentors and been doing it for years like me and um i'm missing them all so just more people are being trained and more people are working to fight harder to combat climate change. And so it is happening. Yeah, it's happening. It's going to take that effort, too. So I'm very excited to see all the good stuff that's happening and happening right here in my community. So yeah, we are almost ready to turn on the solar on top of DBX. So just waiting for the paperwork. 
Guess what? Tomorrow is National Radio Day. Oh, there you go. So there you be go. sure to tune in to WDBX. I mean, I'm sure you tune in every day, but especially on Saturday. <laughs> yep. And we've got Be an Angel Day and National Tooth Fairy Day coming up. Mm-hmm. Kiss yeah, and my daughter's starting day. to get in her teeth. She's starting to gnaw on things. <laughs> <laughs> Just so like... Someday she'll be getting a visit from the Tooth Fairy. There you go. Green Earth has, well, Green Earth Volunteer Workday. I think they do it once a month, but every month it's at a different location. This Saturday at 9 a.m., it's at the Fernlands Preserve. Green Earth planned to put the finishing touches on their new parking lot at the Fernlands Preserve. This is a great organization. They have bought property and made it into green places all over our town and our community. Yeah. Yep. And so meet at the Fernlands Preserve, which is at 468 Kennedy Road at 9 a.m. for sign-in and a brief instruction. Tools, gloves, bug spray, snacks, and water will be provided, but you should bring your own water bottle to refill and, of course, plan to wear closed-toed shoes and they will cancel for heavy rains or thunderstorms. You can check their website for Saturday morning for weather-related updates. Again, that's Green Earth, Volunteer Workday at Fernlands Preserve, Saturday at 9 a.m. I am also coming up, we have the New Humanist Forum on Environmental Sustainability. So this will be... An exceptionally interesting one for listeners of our show. We're interested in environmental sustainability. Um, yeah, I'll let you finish this one. I'll All right. Video <laughs> is a guest on our show today. <laughs> Panel members will describe their current local and international work, future goals, and some of the panel members include. Um, J. Elizabeth Donahue, an educator, activist, creator, host of WDBX radio show Greenhouse Rebellion, which has been discussing environmental issues for over 10 years. Georgia de la Graza, a humanitarian artist and founder of Shawnee Hills and Hollers, and if you stay listening, should be on the air in a few minutes, and organizers for Justice for Rocky Branch. And Rich Whitney, steering committee member of SAFE, Southern Illinoisans Against Fracturing Our Environment. Let's see. The New Humanist Forum is a member-led group devoted to exploring together all the many facets of what it means to be fully human. The New Humanist Forum, Environmental Sustainability, this Sunday, August 21st at 1215 p.m., that's like noon, at the Carbondale Unitarian Fellowship. The community is invited to this free event. I'm sorry, I'll be out of town for that one. I'm going to be at the Illinois Renewable Energy and Sustainable Living Fair up state. So, other happenings. Continuing the conversation. Every Tuesday at 7 p.m. at the Newman Center. Each week, a group of community members meets on Tuesday night for continuing the conversation. The purpose is to build an interracial community based on listening respectfully to each other's life stories. 
That is at the Newman Center at 715 South Washington Street from 7 to 9 p.m. on Tuesday. If you have a Facebook account, join the Race Race Unity Group of Carbondale. Other happenings. The Downtown Community Farmers Market, Wednesdays from 3 to 6 p.m., Downtown Carbondale at the 200 block of Washington Street, between Oak and Jackson Street. That, it says, the 200 block of Washington Street, that means actually in the street, because the city closes the street, and the street becomes the Downtown Community Farmers Market on Wednesdays. There's music, there's food. Did I mention there's food? Yes, there's lots of good food. Also coming, mark your calendar for the 4th Annual WDBX Summer Street Festival. That's also on the 200 block of North Washington. The city also is going to close the street for a fun-filled day out with community radio. Dozens. Man, there's a lot of stuff happening there. Yeah, I made it back in time for the the fun part. (laughs) Just like... So, WDBX Street Fair. Yeah, so that is Saturday, August 27th. Mark your calendar. That is not this Saturday, but next Saturday. But it will be a fun time. I mean, not only is there a dozen different bands, two different stages, so that the music will be continuous, because, you know, when you have lots of bands, it takes a little while for one band to set up on a stage, but if there's two stages, one band can be set it up on this stage while this band is playing on this stage, and then they just, this one finishes and this one starts up. It's yeah. a good idea. Also, right underneath the uh, solar panels in the backyard is the beer garden. There'll be great food and all day Pokemon Go lore. Elvis sightings. Whoa, Elvis might show up. And of course, the mm-hmm. DJ very popular dunk tank so come early and stay all day for awesome live music and fun so that is not this saturday but next saturday so i am off to the illinois renewable energy fair i think this is the first year i didn't hustle up some people to go with me and so if in the next two and a half hours anybody wants to go up to rockford for the Illinois Renewable Energy Fair or just the carpool to visit friends and family up in that area, I would love someone to jump in the car with me so I don't feel so guilty driving all alone, even though they need my knowledge. (laughs) So um, the 15th Annual Illinois Renewable Energy and Sustainable Living Fair, more information at IllinoisRenew.org. If you would like to catch a ride with me, up near Rockford, 893-1717. Good day. We'll see you again on the radio. And in yeah. case you didn't notice, Tree Song decided to not drive, which is thank you, and call in because he's having the joy of babysitting his kid. Yeah. Yeah. And so that worked out. Way to use technology to continue to share yeah, I'm telecommuting to the radio show. <laughs> <laughs> it's like anything you want to say while I try to set up these promos? Let's see here. Oh, yeah. Well, enjoy the weekend. It's I haven't looked at the forecast, but it's a little cloudy out now, but it's keeping it cooler. So stay cool 
Have a good weekend. And remember for next week to go to the WDBX Street Fair. All right. We'll see you again.